Welcome to Bigger Than The Hustle podcast, where I give you a fascinating insight into the world of real life entrepreneurs and how they live their lives outside their business. Every week, I bring you super interesting conversations about the energy, thinking, habits, mindsets, and disciplines that make them successful in their life, which in turn allows them to be successful in their business. It's powerful conversations, uplifting interviews, and a mega dose of solo inspiration from me. We dive right into what gives them the confidence to follow their own path and attempt to get unapologetically real so you can learn what it takes to show up in your life and live your truth unapologetically. Now, today I've got Matt with me. Matt's got a hugely interesting story, a backstory and what he does now. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go into that with you. I'm going to let him introduce himself. So hi, Matt. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, not bad. How are you? I'm good, thank you, and thank you for the invite. Not at all. Um, so if you can just give a short synopsis about you and your life, and then we can go into the conversation from there. Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll do a very, very short timeline. So um, a reasonably, a pretty difficult childhood in lots of ways, a lot of violence, that sort of thing, a lot of bullying, a lot of problems. Uh, my father committed suicide when I was in my late teens. I was actually diagnosed with PTSD at some point. Um, and then when we moved forward, I found martial arts, did that for a very long time, uh, multiple black belts, world champion in various things, really, really, really embraced that. And that then led to some of the things that I'm doing now. So I, I run a number of different businesses. I'm in and around martial arts on various levels. I do a lot of social media stuff. So, um, and yeah, TikTok famous as well. That's one of the interesting things these days. So yeah, so it's been a, an interesting journey so far. Nice. Well, something quite relevant from what you said there in, in one of your business, which is TikTok. Now, I know this has been on the news recently a lot, especially in America. Um, how will that affect the British market if there's sort of implications on the US market with how they're, how Trump's trying to sort of control things over there? Well, it was just been announced that uh, Oracle Corporation have actually uh, have actually been the people that have been chosen to, you, to 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 run the U.S. version of TikTok. So they're what they call a trusted partner now. So they haven't actually brought them out because there was some issues with the Chinese government agreeing to that. So um, that's the, that's what they've come to. So they will take over and they will deal with that. So uh, business as usual, basically. Mm. Now, it's interesting when politics mixes with social media. I'm not sure it's always a, a, a good thing. Um, and, you know, we see a lot, especially in, you know, we've got so many platforms now, um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you know, whichever ones we look at. Where do you think for people using social media, how should it be? accepted as in 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 the way it's a tool right so it's a tool to 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 help whether it be business whether it be personal whatever it is spread a message stay connected you know um e-commerce whichever way it is at what point does it then become beyond a tool where especially with young people they go through a lot of mental sort of torture with um, social media so how would you sort of what would be your input into that 
a hard one, isn't it? Uh, being truthful, it's it's both a blessing and a curse. I think social media mm. as a whole. Um, I mean, you, you just mentioned that about the politics of it and things. Uh, I mean, one of the things with regards to say Oracle, who's just got the US version, they were actually they started life as a project for the Central Intelligence Agency in the US. So um, it's all intermingled, isn't it? It's very hard to sort of uh, to, to take those things apart. But um, when you look at it and you look at the political landscape, social media is being used extensively to uh, to push various agendas which is somewhat problematic because we're we're using we're using social media more and more as an information gathering source yet the social media platforms themselves police what information they feed us mm-hmm. so you know, it's, 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 it's quite scary in that respect. However, there's no denying that it's absolutely changed the world with regards to um, the ability to, to sell, to reach out, to communicate with people, to stay in touch with old friends. I mean, the, there's, there's such a great amount of really positive things within social media that sometimes people can forget in a conversation that you know, we really need to hold on to. And I think that's that's really where we should be looking at utilising it, more as a, a resource for the positives and try and shy away from some of the more negative elements, the polarisation that's going on, all that sort of thing. Mm. And it's interesting your sort of business background right now. So social media, which is completely technology-based, it's all online, you know, uh, interaction is all that way. And then the other side, which is the martial arts side, which is completely face-to-face, right? I'm, I'm not sure you can have a martial art contest online. <laughs> well, <laughs> with, yeah, yeah, with, with characters and stuff. But it's all, you know, about the human interaction, you know, the human, you know, being being in front of someone and, and learning how to combat or defend, etc. So where did that energy come from? Which energy, sorry? Yeah, for um, going into the martial arts side of things. You know, I know you, you, you said you had a sort of troubled upbringing and, and things happened and then you moved into martial arts. So how did that happen then? and then move that into turning into a business? Well, that was um, that was really trying to change the situation that, that I was in. As a young man, it was um, I had asthma, I was gangly, I was socially awkward, I had a lot of anger that I didn't know what to do with. The, um, the, the family dynamic was quite complicated in certain ways. As I said, there was a certain amount of violence and things. There was um, I moved around a lot as a youngster because my parents split up and it was a single parent family. And we were, you know, a lot of the time was a sort of the new kid in town. And that created a lot of friction and issues so um so yeah it was it was quite challenging and one of the ways that i saw that uh, could be an out was was martial arts um at that stage i liked tarzan i liked spider-man and but the truth is there was I wasn't going to be adopted by a a group of gorillas that were sort of wandering through my council estate. And I probably wasn't going to get bit by a radioactive spider either at any time soon. So the, 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 the thing was martial arts seemed accessible. And that was the thing. It seemed like it was actually something that you could achieve if you put your mind to it. And that actually is, is very true. So I started down that pathway, I dabbled. And then when my father committed suicide, I, I had some choices to make with regards to that fork in the road, um, which we, you know, we all have those times in our lives where they're pivotal. That was one of mine. So I actually say that that, that day was both the best day and the worst day of my life because it was absolutely terrible what happened. And I really, really, you know, wish that it hadn't. However, it did make me 
become self-sufficient. It did make me really look at my choices in the world and what I was doing. And it really forced me to, um, to focus in and find other ways to sort of fill that gap, which became my martial arts family. Mm. And then turning that from something you enjoyed as maybe a hobby or maybe, you know, becoming better at that into saying, actually, I think I want to put a bit of entrepreneurship into this and, and create something. At what step did that happen? Again, nothing, nothing tends to happen overnight. There's always these sort of steps that go along. And, um, you know, when they, when they say to people that some people are just lucky, I actually tend to believe that that luck for the most part is based on hard work before it. So you, you end up positioning yourself so that you're able to take advantage of the situation. That's really my version of what I think luck actually is. Uh. Um, and so I started training in martial arts. I started taking it very, very seriously. I started dedicating just every ounce of my free time to it, my money, everything that I had. And it turns out that I had an aptitude for it as well. It turns out that I was, you know, I was gifted and it came to me relatively easily. So two things combined, the hard work and the natural sort of ability led um, led me to sort of um, to be able to to move through it quite quickly. I have multiple black belts in various things, lots of instructor licenses, which then obviously led to me teaching, which then led to me moving into um, door work and, uh, and that sort of thing. And that then again was another great sort of turning point because you learn about the human condition in that kind of environment and you learn about yourself and what you're capable of under you know, a lot of stress under a lot of challenging times. So all of that put together then led me to basically think that I could run my own martial arts dojo. I could run my own gym. I could do these other things. I could write books. I could um, do online courses. I could, um, you know, work within social media. I could go back to university and, you know, all of these things, they all stem from that, those initial baby steps, if you like, into a world where you had to take responsibility for your own actions. You either did it or you didn't. And if you didn't, you learned why you didn't, and then you did it again until you did. And so that's really the, the, the real gift that martial arts gave me. And that's where that tallies up into everything else. I think um, something you mentioned earlier about luck, and I've always said, um, luck is where opportunity meets preparation. And I think that's exactly what you said there, right? It's, it's, and and when you say overnight success, that's seven to ten years, isn't it? When when some someone says it's an overnight success, like WhatsApp was an overnight success, yeah, with seven or ten years of hard work before it became an overnight success. And I think for the younger generation, especially that want everything instant gratification, want it now and without wanting to work, I think it's a great message to say just stick at it, have a bit of discipline, have a bit of patience, and you know just 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 plan you know young people especially you know 20 21 20 year olds there's so much time ahead right there's so much time to just get things wrong fall down because you need to get things wrong right you need to oh, make absolutely. mistakes you know and what, can you remember times when you've made mistakes that you've learned from and then that's made you the person you are today oh goodness me many <laughs> Um, the list is endless and continues to this day. Um, I, I honestly believe that whatever it is you're doing, if you're not in a position where you're making mistakes, you're not at the edge of what you can do. It's that simple. If it's if it's simple, if it's easy, if if there's no chance of failure, then 
go do something else that's more challenging. <laughs> and um, they always say, you know, your first business idea or when you first start a business, if you're almost not embarrassed of what it looked like when it started, you almost started too late. Because it has to be like that, doesn't it? You just have to start rolling and moving with the times and then work. It's like almost like open the door and then work out what you're going to do, isn't it? You jump off the building and build wings on the way down because a lot of the time you don't know how to fly at that point, right? It's just an energy and a thought process you have. Now, coming back to sort of your early days of childhood, now you said you had sort of, it was quite troubled and you had you went through quite a lot of turmoil during that time. Um with with this situation the way it was and to for some of the tenacity and the drive you have now to almost say anything is possible just because I put my mind something is possible. Do you think that came from going through that time or during that time or do you think it was based on something different? I think that is very much an element to it. Um, before I sort of go back to that, I just want to touch on that anything is possible thing yeah. because being honest with you i don't actually believe that i believe okay. that we can all be far more than we are mm -hmm. however i'm never going to be a top level jockey because i'm six foot two and 18 and a half stone mm -hmm. um i'm never going to be an astronaut because i don't have that skill set no matter how much i try and learn so there are limitations however those limitations almost always are far far less than people think they are so it's not that people can do anything um so going back to that then I mean, it's one of those where when, when you go through a sort of tough upbringing, and trust me, there were people that had it a lot worse than me. So I'm not, um, you know, I don't believe in that whole sort of woe is me thing and wallowing in that. And I now have a fabulous relationship with my mum. It's, um, it's one of those where during the time it was really, really challenging, not just for me, but for, um, for everyone involved, you know. So it did create an ability to think for myself and, and work for myself as in, um, you know, as it, you, you become this sort of singular entity where you rely on yourself because that's really all you've got to rely on. Uh -huh. And that I think is one of the skills that carries through massively because once you, once you build that little bit of self-reliance, then it gets easier to sort of do things. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, and also, Another really important part of that is uh, is knowing that the only person that's going to change your situation is you. And so you have to absorb that responsibility. And I think that's another major sort of thing is that once you take responsibility for yourself and stop trying to blame everything else in the world, then then you suddenly have a lot more power to change that particular situation or any situation. Mm. And it's being 100% responsible for your life, isn't it? Then anything is possible when you realize that it's, it is all in my hands and it is something that I control. It's my perception of the event, not the event itself, right? It's it's not life that's dealing with these cards. It's, it might deal with these cards, but it, I control my response to it and I control how I think about it. And if you can change those two things then everything is possible because you 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 believe that actually because the things are in my control even if i can't control anything outside of myself like other people's reactions to things circumstances things happening what i can control is how i respond to it and how i respond to it is the only control i have and how i could process it in my own head um 
and that's how, you know that's helped me a lot in terms of sort of in my business journey and i'm sure now with the situation we are in, you know in this pandemic situation and it's unprecedented for anyone that's going through it how have you had to adapt with your businesses to continue to sort of like progress because i'm sure it's been a fork in the road and it's time to sort of maybe adapt and and change things so what have you had to do well, this is where the uh, that conversation around luck comes back to the fore. I was uh, I was fortunate enough a number of years ago to start writing extensively. So I wrote a number of uh, books. Some of them have been Amazon bestsellers. I write for a lot of magazines and things. But I also started making online courses, and uh, that was something that I did a few years ago. And I started that process, and so I built up a library of of, of content that people could access remotely long before we ended up in this situation. And so um, I was able to fall back onto that and grow my social media presence and use that as a funnel to, you know, to drive people into my product range, i.e. the online courses. Because obviously when we, when we first went into this, I had to shut down my physical gym completely. And so I essentially had a big empty space that I couldn't use, but still carried the overhead, so on and so forth with mm. it. So, and the student base that needed, that needed an engagement because obviously we all have our own sort of issues to deal with within the situation. And so, um, and so giving them an ability to, to stay within my club and to stay within the gym and to stay within our organization, that, that, that became sort of challenging and having all of the online courses and things in place made that a lot simpler. So um, moving into the online space, doing that a few years ago was really, really beneficial. Using social media and using the online space now, whether that be through podcasts or um, or interviews or YouTube or Facebook or TikTok in my case, whatever it might be, uh, became you know, far, far more important. We're all spending a lot more time like this now. Mm. Mm. And Alf, you know, you, you chose TikTok to concentrate on. Why was that? Um, well, yeah, it doesn't seem like a natural home for me, to be fair, does it? I, love, I get that quite a lot, but, that's, but that helps me to show the sort of power of social media and how it can be used when it's done in the right way. Um, essentially, I, I, I was up one evening, it was late, I couldn't particularly sleep, so I was doing what a lot of people do. I was just watching random things on YouTube, and I stumbled across a Gary Vaynerchuk um, uh-huh. interview where he was yeah. talking about... TikTok and saying it was going to be a really sort of powerful thing. So that's that sort of bubbled away in my mind. And the next day I was actually on a business podcast where we started talking about it. And I said, do you know what? I'm going to have a look at this. I'm actually going to um, try and figure it out. And so that's what I did. I spent a few months researching it, really deep diving into it, finding lots of people that were doing well on it and, and, and understanding the, the back end of it and how it all works. Uh, and then I actually sort of pushed myself out onto it. Now, that grew. Uh, it now stands at around 266, 267,000 people, something like that, um, with regular weekly views of around 2 million. I grow at about 1,000 followers a day. So it's, you know, we're, we're talking sizable numbers here. Uh, and that that's basically, uh, that's basically understanding the, the platform 
and how to how to how to communicate on the platform because they're all slightly different. So a YouTube video, as an example, will be structured differently to a TikTok video because uh. of the time constraints. Um, and so once we understand how that all works, and then we understand the language of the platform, then you know we can push our content out. And so essentially, that's that's what I did, and now help others to do. Um, uh. It's I love it. I think it's great fun. I thoroughly enjoy it. It's not just because it's sort of fun from my point of view, but um, when you said earlier on about sort of the younger generation, it's absolutely staggering how incredibly talented a lot of these people are. Hmm. Um, and, the, and the amazing stuff that's going on over there is just, just mind blowing. So um, if you look at say Facebook as an example, now, for most people now, Facebook is for, if you like, an older generation, people of yeah. my sort of age. Yeah. And and again, I don't mean to dismiss it because it's a fabulous tool, but quite often there's a lot of grumpy people on there moaning about stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so it's quite it's quite nice to, to, to have the flip side of that on, on TikTok where um, the, the people are just a lot more, um, they're, they're just enjoying the world a lot more. And I think that's a really good vibe to be in and around. Mm. And um, what I liked about that story was that you you heard something which you don't necessarily know about. You looked into it because it just sort of marinated in your brain. And rather than sort of just jumping in and try work out, you're like, okay, let me research this a bit. Let me spend a few months, you know, looking into it. That was this. the that was very much the critical element mm. of that particular situation was the mm. fact that I didn't just dive in set up accounts, start floundering around without knowing what I was doing. That was the critical thing was actually doing the research, putting the hours in and giving myself the best chance for success. And I think that's, I mean, that, that's a, that's a lesson no matter what we're doing, I think. Mm. And I think that's a a huge lesson for anyone, no matter what age you are, right? It's (laughs) any interest that you want to turn into a serious, you know, like hobby or a business, look into it first look into and then have conversations with people who are doing it you know you just those conversations might say to you actually this is not for me because i've talked to people and it's going to have to change my life like this to make that happen and be successful and that can potentially stop 10 years of rot in your life because you went to something that you never really wanted to actually do you just thought oh it's a good idea let me try it because someone else has succeeded in it but your energy is not there so it's not worth even starting without going doing that research, I you know I like that that um, lesson because it is a great you know tool to enter into any arena, whether it be professional, whether it be personal, you know even relationships. Talk about you know research someone before you talk to them, especially on a business viewpoint, because there's so many more things that you can get out of it if you know a little bit of background in the first place, right? So, what do you think? What do you think it sort of inspires you most today? Uh, what inspires me? I I love learning new things. I love the excitement of being challenged, um, and I I like the idea of having something to do. Um, I couldn't. I'm being honest with you. I couldn't think of anything worse right now than 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 not having a reason to get up in the morning. And so, uh-huh. and, and so, ha- always having those challenges and those and those things is really really great. What inspires me is as I as I mentioned something like TikTok, seeing all these. Um, seeing all these young guys on there doing amazing things and all of these things I don't understand. And that's, that's straight away. I'm like, how does that work? What makes that go wrong? Why, why are people acting in that manner? Um, there's my inspiration because every time I look, there's a new question that I need an answer for. 
Mm. It seems like you have a, um, a curious personality, right? And I think that curious personality has brought you down all these avenues and the progression that you've made in life has come from that, isn't it? That ability just to be curious and say, actually, what's that about? Let me let me look into it. It's like sometimes, I don't know if you do this, I've, I'm quite sort of quirky like this. I'll sometimes put a video on, say I'm doing some work and I put a video on, on YouTube in the background on, say, like fly fishing. I have no interest in fly fishing, but then I think I might actually pick something up which I never knew. And if I don't know it, then at least I've that, that, that or the 96% of the stuff you don't know, you don't know becomes 95.9% as opposed to 96%. Right. And it's just that curious mind, which keeps you interested in life, I think. And I think, like you said, for me, curious, curiosity is the, 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 the thing that allows you to open a lot more doors because it just, you think, why not? Why not, right? And it's just a good way of, of living, like I said, getting up in the morning and say, you know, I've got nothing to do. Let me look into this a little bit um, and see where that lands, right? Yeah, no, okay. absolutely. So is there, is there anything that, you know, you, you, you have a lot of people around you, you, a lot of people, like you said, you get a lot of views, a lot of people hear you and stuff like that. Is there anything that you're proud of that no one knows about? Um, I, I'm, I'm not so sure that no, no one knows about it in the sense that, um, I, I mean, it's not something I, I go around shouting about, but um, there, there's, there's, the, there's the little things. There's some of the students that, that I've had over the years have, have, have come to me in whatever guise, whether that be troubled, whether that be uh, they, were, they were badly bullied or had no confidence or any number of different things. And to see those, you know, some of those guys now doing really, when I say guys, I mean everybody, by the way, mm -hmm. not them. Um, you know, seeing, seeing, seeing those absolutely have a wonderful life and, 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 and go out to be, you know, happy people in the world. I mean, that's, that's absolutely great. I love the fact that I have the, um, the opportunity to do that with people. That's, that's something that I'm, you know, I'd say it's not necessarily a secret, but it's not something that I shout about all the time. Mm -hmm. It's only because you've asked. Mm -hmm. but, um, but that me that I remember then as a troubled kid and, 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 and having nowhere to turn, being in a position now where I can be that person, mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's hugely inspirational and, uh, and helps me to hopefully not be too much of a dick about things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think when you talk from your truth, right? Because you've been through certain things and, and, and you can then speak from your truth and say, actually, because I've been in a situation, I can probably give you some advice or give you some help or you can use my life as a way to inspire you to show that anything, you know, anything that you believe is possible for you can be if you put your right mind, your right energy into it. Because I'm a living example of that, right? So what do you, you know, on the flip side of that, what do you think is missing in your life right now? Uh, again, that's actually quite a tough one because I'm, you know, I'm pretty fortunate in so many ways. Um, yeah, I honestly don't really know the answer to that because it's, it is, it is a tough one. I think like everybody else, I, I would, I, I think I'm going to appreciate the little things more when we finally see the other side of this. Um, um, and, and I think that's something that, 
I think will do us all a power of good when we get back into the uh, world where we can actually communicate and socialize and uh, be in a room with people, all that sort of stuff. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, being honest with you, I've got, you know, I've got so many sort of positives in my world that, that, um, yeah, it's hard to actually see what, what would, what would improve it in the sense that, you know, I don't, I don't need a super fast car or I don't need this or I don't, you know, that's, you know, I've, I've, I don't need those materialistic things. So, um, I have, you know, I, I've, I've, I've got a lovely camper that I roll around in that I love and I go out in nature with my dog and I've got a beautiful partner and a, uh, you know, a roof and food. And yeah, it's hard to answer that question to be honest. And I think what I really like about your answer is that you're coming from a base of gratitude and when you come from a base of gratitude you don't think see things are missing because you always see what you have as opposed to what you don't have right um and the basis of gratitude would always bring more into your life because you're not expecting it and you don't say i need i deserve i have the right to that it's a nice to have right it's like you said i don't need the nice car i don't need the fast car it would be a nice to have but i'm not bothered about it it really doesn't bother me and therefore, if it does turn up, you know you'll enjoy it while it's there and you can let it go just as easily. And I think if life's like that, I think, you know, it makes it a lot easier, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, if, if, I can, um, if I can just sort of throw a little story in it. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah. It's very relevant. Um, as, as I mentioned, I, I left school with no real education and it wasn't the best schooling. Uh, not, no fault of the school, by the way. I didn't engage. I didn't like it. Um, I was hiding more than I was going to class. And when I was there, I was belligerent and difficult. So um, half of the reason for that was uh, was because the way that everything was structured. But, but as I said, I can't blame them for that. It's my responsibility. Um, but what that meant is when I left school, I was in a world where I was told that the best I could hope for was to get a trade and work for the next sort of 50 years. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. I, I became a painter and decorator. And... For many, many, many years, I was a self-employed decorator and I was crawling around in houses I could never afford to buy. Um, and it wasn't the best existence, right? And it was very, very small. Now, this isn't to dismiss anyone or anything, but it, I'm, I'm just sort of showing yeah. you my yeah, world yeah. at that time, right? Yeah. So I lived in a very small world where I earned enough to get by. I was selling my time at, at, at what clearly what it wasn't worth because we don't get it back. Um, and I was also messing with my health by being in those environments on building sites, you know, dusty, dirty, messing with chemicals, all the rest of it. And I stayed there for a very long time. Now, the reason for that was because I blamed everybody, everybody else for everything. You know, it was all, oh, it was, school was terrible. You know, I, I, nobody, nobody loves me. It was all my fault, you know. Um, and, and that's a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? And so yeah. I would literally work all week in a job I hated, go and get drunk on a Friday night to drain out my sorrows, and then wake up Saturday morning with no money and have to repeat the process, <laughs> right? And then what happened was I, I actually had these conversations with myself, and this is where it comes back to this gratitude thing, where um, I actually got to a point where I was like, hang on a minute, this is, this is silly, you know, and, and the only reason that I'm where I am is because I choose to be there. Huh. And so I actually thought, well, do you know what? I, I, I do very, very well at martial arts. I, I, you know, I, I work on nightclub doors as a bouncer and, um, and an opportunity came along within that. And I started looking at the world differently. I started seeing that, that side of it. I started being very, very, very grateful for the things that I did have. 
And that then actually expanded everything out. It's, it's very hard to quantify that. Mm -hmm. But the moment that I started being grateful for the little things, everything else started, if you like, clicking into place that little bit more and made, mm -hmm. and made everything so much easier. Mm. And it's important when when you see yourself without someone telling you right you know it's, we can get lectured to by like my parents used to lecture me you know you're not grateful for this you're not grateful for that. i probably do the same to my kids right now but until you see it for yourself and you really get it that's when change happens right not when someone tells you it's when you say actually now i get that I'm in this situation because, like you said, I've chosen to be here. And that's a huge awakening point, isn't it? To, to, when you realize that it's all the decisions I've made up to this point that have got me, not because, like I said, the school was crap, my parents were rubbish, my upbringing was, you know, they're all circumstances, right? But as Tim, when you then say, actually, now this is the end of that conversation, the new conversation is, how can I change or how can I adapt and become a different person and grow within myself? Can anything outside of me change? And then when you look inward, your whole outward, outer world changes, right? Everything outside your whole perspective on life changes. And then how you come across with people changes and therefore more and more doors open because of that energy, right? And I've seen it so many times, even in my life, I've seen it and you've just you know, mirrored back to me what I've always thought. And it's so good hearing that again, because it grounds me again to say, actually, just when you feel like things may be, you know, a struggle, maybe trouble, just hearing it from someone else's perspective, and they go, they tell you exactly what you believe, it grounds you back to say, actually, have faith in that belief, because I know it's true, because so many other people have told me that, right? Yeah. So moving forward from there, what skills do you still think you need to master, grow, learn to become the next version of yourself? Um, there's, oh, crikey, that's never ending as well, isn't it? There's, we, we're always sort of working yes. on ourselves. Um, I mean, I've, I've never been what's known as a people person. Right? Uh -huh. I, have, I have what can only be described as an, an F off face. Right? So <laughs> unless I'm actually working at it specifically, I just look like I'm really grumpy and annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and and I've always I've always I've always struggled to communicate with people, and so that's something that I'm I'm working on really really hard and have been working on really hard for a, a number of years now, um, and and that is actually one of my one of my sort of problems if you like because because I I found it difficult to communicate and it was clunky it was awkward I would quite often say the wrong thing that that also helped me to sort of shy away from the world and again blame everybody else kind of mm -hmm. thing when in actual fact i love people it turns out um you know i actually <laughs> like hearing about people and the things that they do and, and all the wonderful sort of myriad of, of of kaleidoscope of stuff that's going on in the world i like all of that um so i'm actively working on my communication skills it obviously is another one the tech side of things is moving along so fast that um having to keep up with that is just daily it just moves so quickly and uh i always feel massively massively stupid when i'm talking to people that are really good at these things because <laughs> it's just something that i'm so far behind the curve on um but i i love the process i love i love working on that so mm. that as well um as always, I think the diet of the mind is one of the biggest things. I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to be very, very selective about 
the information that I consume, the people that I'm around, the um, the choices that I try to make. And that's an ongoing learning process because uh, that's a really ongoing thing. I mean, I switched my television off um, nearly five years ago now. Mm-hmm. And nature hates a vacuum. And so the moment that I did that, that actually freed up time to do other things. And mm-hmm. so I found myself you know, writing books and so on and so forth. And so, um, and so that was a really important sort of thing. And that's something that I'm working on daily, that, that, that training myself to be very, very select with the information that I let in. Mm. I think um, one, uh, a guy I used to listen to a lot, a guy called Jim Rohn, um, a motivational speaker, and he says, we have to be the guardian of the information that enters our mind. You know, we have to be on guard all the time because passively so much creeps in, right, and becomes our subconscious. So, you know, like you said, TV, radio, news, you know, these kind of things have never really served me, but it's only when someone pointed out to me and said, you know, I went on a, a business course about 10 years ago and they said, if you really want to become productive, stop watching the news because it's going to feed you shit that you don't need to know. And if you really, if it's really that important, someone will tell you. Somewhere along the line, someone will tell you. And he goes, it's not the actual news that creates the issue. It's the emotional involvement in the news. So you're becoming emotionally involved in whatever stories out there. So, you know, irrespective of what's going on in Syria, it doesn't help me. And it doesn't, what can I do about it? I'm not actually going to do anything about that. So why am I getting emotionally involved? I understand there's issues. I understand there's things going on. And a lot of the time the news has a political agenda that I don't know about. Why are they giving me this information in the first place? Why do I need to know about that? Is it to create a fear-based society so that they can control us and then, you know, put us into a bubble that therefore anything is susceptible to whatever they want to create? You know, you know, a lot of people say that with the virus. Is it, is it whatever it is, it is. We can't control that. But all we can control is how we live our life and what we choose. Like you said, how we choose to put the information into our own brain and how we process it. So the output is good output and it's good energy and it's and it's and it's serving the people around us right we are you know the information that we gain and we we learn through life and through books and through whichever mediums we have we can then try and influence the people around us and that's not the whole world that's our world right that's the people around us the people that are important to us because if we can influence them then they can influence the people around them. And then it sort of ripples out like that, right? And I've always said, I'm not here to shape the world. I'm here to shape my world, which is the people around me, to be the best I can invest in myself so they can be the best they can. And if they ever need me, I'm around. And I'm, I'm good with that. You know, I'm, I, I think I'm happy in that way. Is there any things that you do that make you happy that you know, you know, makes you a better person for the people around you? Um, owning a dog. <laughs> it's funny you talk about dogs. So I have a cat and we've, I've never, I've never been a pet owner. Like when we were young, we never had a pet. We never, and this cat turned up in our garden two years ago and we adopted her um, after sort of my kids and, and things like that. And I've never, I've never been a pet person, you know, and it's funny that now she's in our house I wouldn't want it any other way. You know, there's so much she's brought in. And someone, I actually listened to a podcast yesterday. They said, if you, you know, they're talking about love, right? And they said, with a dog, if you want to learn how to be loved, get a dog. 
if you learn, want to learn how to give love, get a cat. And you see that, and I thought that's really good because, you know, my cat is very nonchalant about a lot of things, you know, as long as you yeah. feed and stuff like that. But she will start showing you. If you give her the right energy, she'll start showing you by, you know, sitting on you, stroking leg. And with my son, she's a bit sort of not great and she doesn't go near him. And she shows you by erections where I know a dog is always there and is always very loving in the way the owner is. Um, would you? What would you say about this whole animal thing? Because I'm new to it, you see. Well, with regards to the dog, I mean, it's it's a constant lesson. Um, he's he's a fantastic beast, by the way. He's a great big American bulldog, big oh, wow. Story, wow. Uh, nine, nine stone thing that loves to be out, full of energy. Yeah. Um, so, but they they there's no duplicity to them there's no guile there's no um you know they are what they are so if the dog is happy that's the energy you get that's the you know that's the conversation if the dog is sad the same thing so you the fact that there is just no duplicity whatsoever and they are in the moment every single second um and there's so much that we can sort of learn from that mm. the, that's something that i often sort of sit and think about with with him is because is, is that learning to be in the moment right now. And, and mm. that's such a, such a valuable tool. Again, when you said about the things that we're trying to learn that again, that's one of the things on the list. Um, we go out a lot. I love being in nature. I'm, I'm lucky to live in a beautiful part of the world. And that to me is, is such a significant time because that, that allows me to just have that reconnection um, without all the noise, without all the going on mm. in your head, you know? um, and 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 having the dog with me during that a, is the companionship, but also it's that reminder to 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 try and be you know completely honest about wherever you are in the world mm. and to be in that moment. Mm. And I think honesty, in an open heart and honesty, I think even with people, and like you said, it's so nice to be in front of an energy which you know a lot of humans can mask. Like I said, the animal will, will wear the heart on their sleeve, right? When they're happy, they're happy. When they're sad, they're sad. But with humans, it depends who you're in front of, right? So I I come across a lot of people who are very open, very hot on the sleeve, and you sense it from them. And it's so nice to be in that energy, you know, that vulnerability a lot of the time. I know us men uh, and the masculine energies, you know, struggle with the vulnerability, whereas I know the female and feminine energy are a lot more open with, vulnerability um and it's even like my wife she'll have sort of conversations with people and like my sister-in-law and stuff where every week they sort of open up about how they're feeling and about things like that whereas mine is you know we'll go to for a, you know a pint down the pub with my mates and and th that conversation is a completely different conversation and i said to my wife i said we don't necessarily need it so much but it is nice that i have people around me that if i do want to pick that phone and say mate i'm just having a shit day and this is why it is it's nice to have that vulnerability with another male because it's it's an it's a way for me to express myself in words which almost has been suppressed and i think reading about the suicide rates amongst young males really opened my eyes to that to say really need to try and change this conversation this is again doing this podcast was a reason for doing that as well to try and open up some conversations to show that vulnerability and that side of me which you know i my opinion of myself now is higher than anyone's opinion of me so therefore i am 
what someone else thinks of me, I'm not that concerned about. I am going to continue on my path because my heart is good. I'm trying to do this in a conscious way where I can share a message and bring on people which I know have a message as well that we can sort of ripple out to the world a little bit, you know, make it a little bit brighter and stuff. So, um, and that's where I come from with this. There's no other agenda. There's no other bigger plan. It's just, I want to share conversations because I think the more we talk, the more we open up, this mental health space is going to be a much better place, especially not just for this generation, but the generations to come as well. So I sort of thank you for coming on today as well for that, because you've shared as well and you've been honest in your approach. So just as we sort of enter the sort of last parts of this conversation, there's a couple more questions I'd like to ask you so people get to a little bit more deep understanding of you as a person. So we've now reached sort of like 100 years down the line where you've done everything you've wanted to do. You've, you know, grown all your studios, you've grown the online side of things, and you've been in front of all the people you've wanted to be in front of. But now we're at the end of your your last moments of your life. Um, you've you don't have enough energy to speak, but you have enough energy to write three words on a piece of paper. Those three words have resonated with you and they've helped you in your life. What would those three words be for you? I think it would probably go back to uh, something we talked about earlier on, which is the gratitude. It would, I think it would be show gratitude always if I had mm. to pick three words. Mm. And if you could just um, venture a little bit deeper into that, so it just gives the people a little bit insight to the way you think. Well, I think if I'm lying on my deathbed at 100 plus years of age, I think that clearly tells me and indicates that I've had a rich and fulfilling and long life, which is more than most. Mm -hmm. um, I have a roof and a comfortable bed and I have people around me that care enough to be there at that moment. So, um, you know, for all of those reasons, that would be, uh, that would be a great thing to, um, to have in that moment, as opposed to all the other horrible, horrible ways that could be the end of your life. Yes. I fully agree with that. And, um, and finally, this uh, podcast is called Bigger Than The Hustle, and right now you're bigger than the world. So I've sourced this microphone and I've connected to 7.58 billion people on this planet. They can hear you. They, there's no language barrier. They're all conscious and awake, and they're listening to what you're saying. If you could speak for the next 30 seconds to the whole world, what would your message be for them? I think it would be to try and have a little empathy for your fellow human beings um, we're all different and that's a great thing that should be celebrated so um yeah celebrate the differences and just yeah have a little empathy and learn to get along it's not difficult uh, and even like when the, the saying is it's simple but sometimes it's not easy right um, we can all, you know, we all get caught up in our own little mini battles in our own head, right? We all, and I've always said, everyone, no matter what veneer you see, everyone is going through their own struggle, no matter what that struggle is, right? It may be small, maybe big, but everyone is. And that's what combines us as a human race. And that's, you know, how we interlink ourselves, right? So if we can then help someone a little bit within their struggle, I'm sure that energy gets repaid back to us through karma that someone else will help us in ours. And that free flow of energy back and forth, I think is how this world works. And if we can be the strongest we can be as a cell in this symbiotic system called the universe, we can only be strong for the whole system. 
And therefore, if we're strong, then everyone around us can be strong. So thank you again, Matt, for your time. Thank you for your energy. I know we will, we will definitely do this again um, in the future. I'm building a studio as well. So if you're ever in the Leicester region, I'll invite you over and we can do this face-to-face -face as well. So thank you again so much for your time. Is Just before we go, is there anything else you'd like to say before we go? I think we've had a really good conversation there. Obviously, I want to say thank you for inviting me on. And it's been a, a really interesting conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, uh, and I'd yeah, absolutely love to uh, to come down to the studio when we're uh, when, when this is sort of passed and, and we're allowed to do those sorts of things. I'd, I'd love to. It's funny, Matt. It's funny that these, you know, when you feel that things always happen because they're meant to happen in a certain way. So obviously, there's been a lot of negativity with the coronavirus, COVID, etc. But what it has allowed me to do is set this up as a project it's allowed me to spend what time on my studio that's going to take a bit of time but i know now i have time that i can do it properly and not rush and, and get it out there so i always feel blessed about all the things that happen and always know that in the end when you always look back and reflect everything happens the way it's meant to happen exactly at the right time it's meant to happen and no matter sometimes you can push 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 and nothing happens and later you see why it didn't happen and sometimes you just sit back and all the doors open because they were meant to open and I just have living life like that it just is freeing isn't it it's just it's it's just you're letting the flow happen as it's meant to flow and like I said nature is never in a rush but everything gets done and that's how I would try and live my life so thank you again for your time again right Matt oh, my, my absolute pleasure thank you no problem at all so this um, podcast was bigger than the hustle and just leave you with um, a couple of thoughts before you go Big energy leads to big thoughts. Bigger thoughts lead to big ideas. Big ideas lead to big actions. Big actions lead to a big life. So keep thinking big. Until next week, goodbye.